Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash cultural stew. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Gonna go to Welcome to the Cultural Stew Podcast, coming to you from the Goat Factory Media Entertainment Studios. Warning, we use adult language, and there may be spoilers ahead. We're never gonna give up. We're never gonna stop. Hello and welcome for the week of February 7th, 2021, episode 54. My name is Ron Erkins Jr. and I am here with my co-host... Valerie Vidmar, who is now 46. <gasps> Happy birthday. I'm a groundhog. You're a groundhog? Mm-hmm. You didn't get dropped, though, did you? No. Okay. Felt like it. No, I'm just kidding. It's 46 going to be good. It's going to be a good year. I, I mean, it started, it's actually started out really horrible, but it's going to get better. Well, what have you been up to? Um, nothing extremely major just mothering a lot of things mothering my children mothering you know 12 maybe hamsters i have no idea how many there are yes we had absolute you know accidental pregnancy and then um that's about it i mean just kind of those hamsters did not have protected sex i yeah and i feel like a horrible but i am taking care of them don't worry i am going to get them good homes and shoveling snow Yes, shoveling snow. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not happy that the snow came because <laughs> along with the snow came some bitter cold. And oh, yeah. I just uh, got back into running after a little bit of a hiatus and I was just like, yeah. Just, have, just spikes? Yeah, I just, I've used them a couple times, but it was more of like my my distaste of winter combined with having to, yeah. Jason sits but it's a choice. I, I, ch- I chose to go outside and run. So I can't complain too much that I'm able to actually go outside and run. Sure. I just hate the cold. And Jason, my husband, who people are just tuning in, did say, like, I wonder if I should run with Ron tomorrow morning. I said, yeah, that'd be a good idea. Yeah, it didn't happen. Like every time the morning comes, the man has stayed up until four o'clock or something. So it just doesn't happen. He's always invited. I know. He knows. He went running with the dogs today, so he's done something. I am just trying to hit the treadmill. So, Hey, forward movement counts. I figure at this time of the year I need any bit of forward movement. and Endorphins. Endorphins. Um, I got a little bit of a sun over the last two weeks. We had a couple... Sunny, bright spots that I actually got out in. So that felt good for somebody who also has a little bit of SAD built in. Dude. Um, It felt good. I understand that. It was 51 degrees. It was great. But there was some great sledding weather and my daughters have probably gone sledding. They probably went sledding 10 days in a row. (laughs) (laughs) Not kidding. Different people went and then just, yeah, the dogs go, everybody. Yeah. Fun. Well, um... There's been a little bit of news in the media world this week. And mm-hmm. so uh, one of the big ones is uh, Golden Globes and SAGs both released their nominees lists for the year. 
And uh, we're going to go in depth a little bit later. Yeah. Some um, surprises there. Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest things is um, how to tell this has been a stay at home year is Netflix leading the way with uh, about four, I think it was 40 something nominations. Um, it's quite a change. And when, once you go through the list and you see all the stuff that was like available at home and streaming on demand that made the list, it's quite a change from years past. Yeah. Um, let's see. HBO is actually going to release a four part docuseries on Woody Allen's allegations called Allen versus Pharaoh. Um, I'm sure I'm going to be watching that. Uh, Trump actually, Trump actually resigned from the Screen Actors Guild before he was forced to expel himself. He was in Home Alone too, so that's why he was in there. And the Golden Globes <laughs> offhand history as three women directors are nominated. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that was uh, Chloe Zhao. Um, the director of Promising Young Women was... Uh, and then Regina King. And uh, Regina King. And then Emerald Fennell. Yeah, Fennell? Emerald, Emerald Fennell. She's yeah. the one that did A Promising Young Woman. right? Mm-hmm. And then Regina King for... Uh, wait, wait. We have Mink. Oh, the oh, the category previously marked by its male dominance as Mank and Trail of the Shadow Seven led the overall nominations, but these three women did get in there. Yeah. So yeah, that and uh, and then we had a couple deaths this week. I mean, kind of they all just came yeah. in a bunch here. Uh, one of the first ones was uh, Hel- Holbrook. How Holbrook? Kendra. You remember my niece? She's been on the show a few times. She actually met him, and he took her to lunch when she was in college. Took her to lunch? He took her to lunch. To a place I'd never heard of. She went to the University of Kansas, Rock Track Jayhawk, and yeah, she was like his personal, I you know, personal, what's that called? Um, liaison? Person, person <laughs> of the day. Um, you know, I got assistant. Yes, personal assistant. I was personal to Harry Connick Jr. and she got Hal Holbrook. So pretty cool stuff. Um, as much as I like Hal Holbrook, I would have rather have had Harry. Oh my gosh, it was back <laughs> right when he started his his rock Harry, album. At, Harry at any stage in his career. So nice, yeah. so nice. Anyway, um, Hal Holbrook. Um, Hopefully you know him, but he was into the, he was, he won an Oscar for best supporting actor in, for Into the Wild. He was in Magnum Force. He was in All the President's Men, which is a great film. And if you haven't seen it by now, watch it. Um, he was in The Firm. I liked him in The Firm. And then um, he actually won a Tony Award for Mark Twain in 1966. Um, and he actually did. Uh, things on the Sopranos, The West Wing, my favorite, and uh, Sons of Anarchy, Anarchy, which I haven't heard, watched, but I hear fantastic things about. Yeah, Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy was, while well, it was on, one of the best written shows. I mean, it, it's a very Shakespearean. Really? If you if you strip off its stuff, it's got a lot of very Shakespearean. Um, feel to it my family started watching it they really like it so not i mean my kansas family 
Yeah. Lots of little families. Um, and then we had Dustin Diamond die. Screech from Saved by the Bell. Yep. And Saved by the Bell, the new class, last class, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's pretty sad. And then Christopher Plummer, which my daughter didn't know by name. But then she only knows Captain Van Trapp. No, yeah, so she didn't know. And then when I said, uh, as my daughter Zoe was in uh, The Sound of Music in uh, Rochester, she, yeah, was a little Von Trapp. Anyway, when I tell, told her that it was Captain Von Trapp that died, she just like, ugh, like, was really sad about it. Um, it's It's one of those things that, like, no matter how much I've seen him in other things, I always forget that it was him that was in Sound of Music. Because of his such varied career, true, and how much I've associated with what he's, he his looks changed. Oh my a gosh! Lot. Yeah, and did. so, if you look at him as Captain Van Trapp, I don't, I can't think of that. That's the same person, unless you like really sit there and look. But because I've more recognized him more for his his later work, I'm just like, this is the Christopher Plummer I know. If you ever, I mean, if you love the sound of music, uh, you. <laughs> If you can find it on YouTube, you can find it somewhere, I'm sure. But Oprah had a show where she brought back everybody uh, from The Sound of Music. He's on there and Julie Andrews and all the children. It's kind of fascinating. It's it's a beautiful tribute to that movie. She did a wonderful job, but he. it's kind of funny how many people had crushes on him. Yeah, pretty, pretty good looking guy. Um, he... Also won a Best Supporting Actor in uh, Beginners, which I actually saw with my mom here in Rochester. Um, that was with Ewan McGregor, and he was in all the money in the world. Yes. Which, we, we talked about this kind of like when we first started out. This was the beginning of the Kevin Spacey drama. But um, the notable thing about that is Kevin Spacey in the movie was basically finished and they reshot with Christopher Plummer every single scene that Kevin Spacey was in. So that's pretty, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty remarkable story in itself that that even happened. And then the last one, Ron and I actually went to see it was knives out. Yep. So one of his last, last appearances on the feature screen. So we got to see him on the big screen and then, ah, uh, this one, this one pulled at my heartstrings, but Cicely Tyson also passed away. Uh, she had two Emmys, one Tony and one Oscar nomination. But I felt like she was in so many things as an, I mean, she just kept on getting on film and she just kept acting. And her book just came out too, didn't it? Could be. Yeah. For some reason it's sticking in my head. Like I think her book just came out. But yeah, she uh, she just kept acting. I kept seeing her, and I kept thinking, "Gosh, that's fantastic!" So she she pretty much worked until the end, but you have to hand it to her. Uh, I think that's that's what we have right now. I mean, I, I think there was a couple other people, but um, those, those are the big ones know. that stand out, and they all happened within the span of a couple of days of each other. I mean, it was yeah, it was bam, bam. But 
So yeah, um, so that's pretty much the news. We got a couple new trailers that came out um, over the last couple weeks. Um, one of the ones that I was finally, you know, my daughter's been talking about this, and I'm I'm a Billie Eilish. I like her music, um, but mm-hmm. they're finally the released the first trailer for that. Um, and that'll be on Apple TV on February 26th. Um, and you know what? It looks really good. I like how they're addressing like, you know, this is a ge- the generation that's coming up and how depression is part of this de- generation. Um, you know, whether it's due to social media or the other things, but you know, I think Billie Eilish definitely speaks to this generation of kids in a certain way. And I've seen it in my own daughter. So it's something we're both looking forward to checking out yeah i actually i saw that trailer when kind of i we, we went to the movies okay to see uh supernova well, I'll, t- I'll talk about later but yeah i i will admit that when i first was watching it i kept thinking i didn't want to lean over and ask is that really because i it starts like they must have been filming this for a good three, four years because it starts pretty close to like the kind of the beginning of her career. You know, her and her brother just basically recording the album sitting in their living room. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of her brother, Phineas's work that he's been putting out. So I love the name Phineas. Sorry. Anyway. So yeah, that's the film. And I got to say, even though the stuff is coming at a very slow pace to Apple TV, I've liked the quality of what Apple TV has been putting out. Like there hasn't been anything that I've looked at and say, that's just completely horrible. They're putting the time into it. Um, whether it's your cup of tea that's coming out, that's a different story, but you know, there's a couple of good stuff on there. We were talking about earlier about the beastie boys. There's a, a nice beastie boys documentary on there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, one of the other, uh, trailers I saw was for a mini series called the luminaries. And it's an adventure mystery that's set in the midst of the New Zealand during the 1860s gold rush. It has basically all the stuff that's going to make a good uh, murder, love, revenge um, as they travel the world making their fortunes. It it looked cool. It's kind of like at the turn of the century. Uh, well, just before the turn of the century, technically, because it's the 1860s. But um, so that's going to be on stars uh, starting February 14th. Uh, another one that popped up was uh, The Nevers, and that's going to be out over on HBO Max. Um, sometime in April, there is no definitive date yet, but it's another series. This is one of Joss Whedon's projects that he ended up leaving, um, but it looks kind of cool. It's following a gang of Victorian women who uh, find themselves with unusual abilities. Basically, you're giving superpowers to Victorian women. And that's cool. So it, it looks interesting. Um, it's got a couple, I don't have their names off the top of my head, but some of the people and actors that are in it are from some of my other shows that I really like. And it's always kind of that fun moment when you're like, Oh, I like that actor from something and it's good to see them in something else. And hopefully they're just as good. Uh, you got one down there. Oh, I just, I saw this and it just kind of sort of cracked me up. But 30 years later, which makes you feel really kind of older, but that's okay. Uh, coming to, with, with the number two, America, which is the second version. So it's not the, it's, it's, it's the uh, follow-up. It's the second movie. It's the 
sequel. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, so if you haven't seen Coming to America, the original, then you probably should watch that one first. And then um, this one deals with the fact that his son, he's, he goes back and gets his son to come back. And Well, he didn't know he had a son. And then he found out he had a son. And then he goes back to yeah. bring his son. And then they found out, wait, you haven't been paying child support all this time? Gosh. I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is going to be interesting. But yeah, bringing back both Eddie and Arsenio um, for this and even James Earl Jones. Jeez. That's so. that's interesting. I I saw a... Um, and I think Kevin Hart's in it as well. Probably. Um. Probably. I saw Godzilla versus Kong, which is coming out in March. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we talked about that last one. We did. Yeah. Well, you know, I feel like it's worth talking about yeah. again. Godzilla versus Kong. Absolutely. But I really uh, didn't see you kind of took over that whole thing. Good for you. Like, I didn't see a lot of trailers. That came out. Yeah, there, I mean, there's a couple more um, that I did see. Um, uh, there's a, one called Moxie. So this oh, is an yes. Amy Poehler film. Um, that's going to be out on Netflix on March 3rd. Um, basically, the synopsis here, fed up with the sexist and toxic status quo at her high school, a shy 16-year-old finds inspiration from her mother's rebellious past and then publishes a zine magazine uh, that sparks a school-wide coming-of-age revolution. Um, it's only a film. Um, when I looked at it, I thought it was going to be a series and I was kind of surprised that it was going to be a film. So it'll be interesting to see what that's going to be about. Um, and then another one that caught my eye, um, and this comes out February 17th, uh, is called behind her eyes and it's kind of like a romantic thriller series. Um, it follows a single mom with a son who takes on a part-time job in a psychiatrist's office and she begins an affair with her boss and then also strikes up a relationship with the wife and it's this weird triangle thing happening here. But it there's some major thriller vibes to the background as to the stuff going on um, that there's a lot more under the cover. So. Got it. I actually have, I do have one. It's coming out, um, and it's called I Care A Lot, um, which is coming to, I believe it's Netflix. Yeah, it's going to be, it's Netflix, and it has, um, the big names are the chick, Rosamund Pike. I was going to say the chick that was in uh, that bad movie that came from the book, Gun Girl. There we go. Um, and Peter Dinklage, who I love, and then Diane Weist, which I probably see any movie with her in it. That one looks interesting. Um, it's about a woman, uh, Rosamund Pike, who takes advantage of older people and pretty much curls in and steals their money. But she gets caught, I think, and it's kind of dealing with the that, fallout. The fallout of that. But that one's coming to Netflix. Um, on February 19th. Yeah, so let's just uh, roll right into the what's new and streaming and what's coming soon. Okay. Malcolm and Marie is coming out, and um, that one has... It's already out. 
That's what I meant. Oh, these are now. Yep. Yeah, Malcolm Marie comes out or came out February fifth, I believe, right? Yep. And that has Zendaya. Zendaya, and what is his name? John David Washington. Thank you. Look at you. You're so helpful. Um, John David Washington, and that one looks interesting. It, it I, looks I like a heartbreaker. It's um, black and white, um, and it was filmed through the pandemic at the uh, Caterpillar House in California. And the movie follows like a filmmaker returning home and the pair's relationship problems coming to the surface during a tense evening. So I, that sounds kind of cool. I like things that are that are uh, in, within a certain time period, like an evening, you know, like... Uh, for instance, like uh, Hitchcock's Rope. Have you seen Rope by Hitchcock? Yeah, probably a while ago. Okay. Um, and then I was going to, I would tell you News of the World's coming out and you'd be able to watch it, but it's not going to be re- released on streaming. No, News of the World right now is it's uh, it's on um, well, this early is, release. You can watch it on. does not apply to Netflix US. So I guess you, ha- oh, you have to go to um, a different yeah, it's like on Apple TV, Amazon Prime. You can buy it right now or rent it for nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, on any of the movie services. Pele is coming out February twenty uh, third, which is a documentary about the Brazilian soccer, uh, and it's uh, from Kevin McDonald. Um, which I knew about Pele growing up because I was a soccer person. Um, do you know who Pele is? Mm-hmm. Okay, just check. Don't care about him, but yes, I know who he is. Really? I'm just not a soccer guy. Oh. Yes. A lot of people are. Nope. Um, so. It's kind of like the Michael Jordan, the Last Dance documentary. I know who Michael Jordan is, but I just don't care about basketball, so I really had an interest in it. And that's, oh, in Firefly Lane, Catherine Heigl, Sarah Clark. Oh, wait, no. No, it was Catherine Heigl, never mind. I'm yeah. thinking of somebody else that was Catherine in Catherine Heigl's, uh, she's uh, Izzy. Yeah. <laughs> For all those that know who Izzy, Grey's Anatomy. But she kind of went in and then went out and then just hopefully coming back in again. <laughs> so, there we go. Over on uh, Hulu, uh, there's not much in the now category that started up in the last couple of weeks, but there is something coming soon. Uh, on the 26th, uh, a movie called Billy Holiday versus the United States, and it's got Andra Day in it, who, if you've heard her singing, one of her big songs is Rise Up, um, and she plays the role of Billy Holiday. So I have a big hole, not a big hole, a big, I don't know, a big portion of my life was filled by Billy Holiday and the Billy Holiday songs. Um, and so I have a very deep connection to that. And so I'm going to definitely watch it to see about that. But I love Billie Holiday and it, for a good year of my life, I probably, that was all I was listening to was Billie Holiday. <laughs> um, they do have some, if you want to go on to, if you have Hulu and you want to go on to, they do have a 2021 Golden Globe nominees list that you can go down and look at and, and re- watch or rewatch those movies. Again, Disney Plus, uh, other than what we've already talked about, um, something coming up. So if you're already watching WandaVision, 
You already probably know about what's coming up March uh, 19th, a week after WandaVision is done. Falcon and the Winter Soldier starts up. Very excited. Yes. Um, Over on Amazon, um, this is a TNT series, but it's being released on Amazon Prime at the same time. Um, I watched Snowpiercer season one last year, and it's got David Diggs in it and um, a couple other. uh, It's got. um, Jennifer Connelly um, in it I as well. Jennifer Connelly. And I really liked the first season. It was enough to keep me entertained and to see that they just started releasing it out. So you don't even have to have TNT. If you have Amazon Prime, you can start watching it on Amazon Prime. I think there are three episodes released already. Um, and then another show that started up, um, this is one I've been looking forward to a little while. It's called The Great Escapists. It's got Richard Hammond from The Grand Tour slash Top Gear. Um, and Tony Bellacci from Mythbusters kind of team up together for a, we got stranded on a um, island and now we're finding our way to get off of it using supplies and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, little mixed result so far. I've only watched one episode. Um, but I think Hammond, Hammond is naturally funny. Belichi, uh, some of his stuff seemed a little forced. Um, it, it's not so weird seeing Hammond without the rest of his James May and, uh, uh, that group, but it is weird seeing Tony not with Grant and, um, the Mythbusters group. So it's kind of, it'll be interesting to see how over the six episodes, the, this all plays together. They also have, if you happen to be a fan of the tick, um, which is a prime original, those new episodes are coming out the 23rd of February season three. I believe so. Really? And then we have Mozart in the jungle season four comes out February 16th. That's a great day. Sorry. February 16th is, Special day in my life and lots of birthdays. Um, then we have, this has already come out, but The Expanse season two. I don't know The Expanse. It's a Hugo winning series for sci-fi. It's on my long-term list of things to watch. Interesting. Mixes science fiction, politics, and mystery into a satisfying blend. Interesting. It's two two hundred years in the future. Sounds like something Jason would like. Um, Human Flow, which is an Amazon original movie, um, is coming out February sixteenth. Um, oh, which, an, another one that just came out. Bliss. Oh yeah, Bliss. Owen right. Wilson and Selma Hayek. Yeah, I talked about that last week. Ah, <gasps> guess right. what? I gotta say that. Sorry, that's very exciting for me. But it is out now. Okay. Cool. Um, human flow is actually about 65 million people who have been displaced in recent years by war, poverty, and famine, and they uh, creating the largest ref- refugee crisis since World War II. Um, they say it's a heart wrenching yet visually breathtaking film. So, I think that sounds interesting. Uh, and then I think these are, that's, I think that's it. Oh, well, ab, oh, Absentia 
That's already started February 2. We talked about that one. Well, that's it. That's all I have. All right. I don't know how that got down there, but uh, one of the ones that we missed over in <clears throat> Disney coming soon, um, for some reason it was under Apple TV, uh, Raya and the Last Dragon uh, on March 5th uh, for Premier Access. You will be able to access it for, I don't know how many days, probably 30 days, I think is what they did last time. Um, but that's the new Walt Disney film for the year. Hmm. It looks really good. Really? Yeah. Well, I have not seen a preview. Yeah, the long form trailer just came out, I think, right before our last show. Okay, I will put the trailer in there. Uh, so that, um, but over to Apple TV Plus, um, I talked about Palmer. Um, it is now streaming, so you can hop on over to Apple TV Plus and watch that just in Timberlake film. Did you see it? Not yet. Okay. Not had enough time in the day to watch everything that's on my list yet. All right. So over on HBO Max, in their continuing of releasing uh, their 17 major theater released films, uh, this past weekend, uh, they released Little Things uh, with Denzel, Jared Leto, and Rami Malek. Mm-hmm. Um, we both watched that, and I think we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, and they have been releasing, adding stuff to their, their back catalog. So there are some new stuff like um, you just mentioned, Irresistible, mm-hmm. um, Aquaman, so they're they're adding a bunch of good stuff in their back catalog. Um, well, the stuff that kind of gets me a little bit more excited is their stuff that were destined for theater that they're also streaming at the same time. Um, and coming up on the twelfth is the next one is Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, a little less excited, but still kind of cool. Tom and Jerry on the twenty sixth, <laughs> and on March eighteenth, finally got a date for the super long director's cut of justice league, which is going to be out four hours long. <laughs> oh, that's right. You talked about that. So, but we finally got, finally got a date for it and it's now March 18th. Um, so not everything, um, on their big 17 film has gotten solid dates yet. Like Kong, I don't, the Kong and Godzilla, it, they're just kind of mentioning it that it's April or March somewhere in there, but haven't released the date. And this kind of is the game that's being played right now. It's like the Nevers, like we talked about earlier. It's being released in April, but we don't have a date. Um, But if you're not subscribed to HBO Max right now, just subscribe. There's lots of good stuff. And even if you need something on a Friday and you have nothing to watch, there are so much. We watched Grumpier Old Men, or not Grumpier, Grumpier, Grumpy Old Men like a couple weeks ago. We're really enjoying HBO Max. Um, what else we got? CBS All Access uh, going to become Paramount Plus on March fourth. So if you're subscribed to that, um, right now you can get access to pretty much the, any live CBS show. You can have their back catalog. If you're a Star Trek fan, it's great because you can get all the old Star Trek stuff and some of the newer uh, shows that they're streaming. Um, a Stephen King series on there. I talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think uh, the stand I'm kind of waiting for the series to kind of wrap up before I dig back into that. We watched three episodes of that and it was just more of a, 
I need to watch this all in succession instead of slow burn over the course of several weeks. Um, and apparently, and I just, this one flew right over mine. Uh, so a couple years ago they had Hannibal series yeah, and now they have Clarice series. Oh, and, um, the trailer for it and it starts Thursdays. So it might start this Thursday or it might've started last Thursday, but it's on Thursdays. Um, and so if you have CBS all access, you don't have to worry about even having live TV. You can just stream it and watch the show. And it, you know, it's about Clarice. Interesting. Do we know who plays Clarice? Somebody who sounds like she's trying to embody the Jodie Foster tonality. Okay. Um, I didn't recognize who it was (laughs) and it used a lot of like that whole, like what you remember from silence of that lambs, the silence of that lambs, silence of that lambs, silence of the lambs, you know, the moth scene, you see the, the bottom of the well, you know, those images that are very striking from, from that, um, are all in that trailer. So, you know, you know what it is. If you've seen silence lands, you know who Clarice is. And so I'll probably dig into that at some point in time. I'll put the trailer in for everyone. Here we go. So, yeah, um, that's pretty much what's kind of new in streaming. And there's probably more stuff in there, but this is kind of more of the stuff that popped out and of I, more of interest to us than. Yeah, I don't have the CBS Al access and I don't have. Well, it seems like I have stars for some reason. I don't know how, but I do. Hmm. So. Yeah, I got to I gotta get subscribed to Stars again because there's a couple shows on Stars that I want to catch up on, especially the Men in Kilts. Yeah. Al. And that starts up next week, I think. They're filming Outlander, but I don't know when it's coming out Yeah, for all those Outlander people. And even if you haven't started on Outlander, I think that's on Netflix, so you can kind of you can start wet Outlander. your whistle on Outlander on Netflix. One through three, I believe, run out on Netflix, and then you have to go over to if you have Amazon Prime, um, you can go over to Amazon Prime now, and you can watch four and five because I did that. So I am all caught up on Outlander. Five five seasons of that show already. Wow. Yeah, I know. I didn't. I so it was kind of fun for me, except that now it's over. I mean, now it's like, oh, I did, I thought it was <laughs> over, over, but I had no idea they were going to be filming new episodes. So I was kind of like, oh, okay, that's a strange way to leave off. And my sister Mindy, who is, I don't even know if obsessed obsessed would be the word. I mean, she's just gone bonkers. This is not my sister that I even know. Like she's completely gone crazy over the show and the main character, Jamie. Um, all of my Christmas gifts to her were Outlander and Jamie gifts. Anyway, so um she has all of the deets on that. So yeah. It's filming right now, but I don't know when it's coming out. But there are tons. I'm on the Outlander Obsessed group on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) She's going down the rabbit hole. I just kind of like to to see these people. I haven't really said anything. It's just kind of interesting to see what these people talk about. But yeah, there are a lot of Outlander fans out there. It's amazing to me. Yeah, if if, if it survived to season five... uh, it's got to have a pretty good following. Oh, yeah. It, th- yeah, it does. So, 
because there are some really, really great shows that have never made it past season one or season two. <laughs> I know it pisses me off. I'm going to say High Fidelity again on Hulu should have kept going. Ugh, you can actually, if you liked High Fidelity, you can sign a petition about getting that back. Just saying. Yeah, I just don't know how much it's going to make an effect. It's not probably, but... Especially now that Hulu's majority owned by Disney. It's not, I know, it's not really fitting into the Disney thing, but I've been showing Kendra and she's like, this is good. This is really good. I'm like, I know. And Zoe Kravitz is amazing. And actually, I watched High Fidelity, the movie with John Cusack, which I have, you know, loved right after it. And I actually like the show better. So. Hmm. Fun. Well, let's talk about. <laughs> Sorry. No, you also you made a comment in there. Um, I didn't want to interrupt you, but it's like um, over this past year, as I've had a little bit more time to like kind of binge watch a couple things. Uh-huh. You do have that elation of like, oh, I've got all these seasons to like binge on and watch, and then you get to the end, and you're like, oh, now what? <laughs> <laughs> and you're either left with a, a, a sense of like, that was really gratifying. That was a li- complete waste of however many hours you just spent watching the show or you want more, but you are left with the, there's nothing more. The no. show has been off the air for five years or whatever. And there's nothing I more know, coming. Or the show got, can- I mean, Zoe could not be more upset about agent Carter. I guess agent Carter, I haven't watched it. She's trying to get me to watch it uh, left on a cliffhanger and it's done. Like, yeah, it's, that it, one's not coming back. Unfortunately, She loved it. Agent Carter. Um, but yeah, there's lots of shows that just kind of ended. I thought, Oh, well we, um, we watched leftovers. Right. And, um, I had, I went into it knowing that it ended without a resolution. See, I didn't know. Well, I mean, I'm I'm watching it, what is this, six years, seven years after the show ended? Right. So I, now I kind of like, I was looking for something new to watch and this kind of popped up and, hey, come, go watch this. But just know that there's no, there's no ending to it. It just. Did you like it? I did. I, for all its quirkiness and weirdness. Mm-hmm. But here was the thing. When it got to the second to last episode, there's a scene with uh, the father and the son up on the top of the roof. Yeah. And he looks at his father and says, what's next? I did not watch the last episode after that. I thought that was a good enough ending for oh, me. Oh, come on. Really? Yep. yep. Because I said that that would be the perfect ending to the show to not have to like go in and have like a, a cliffhanger or whatever is going to happen in the next episode. And I was happy with like the, the what's next question. And that was it for me. You have good willpower. Good willpower. Well, I also saw the title of the next show. Or the next one, and it dealt with Nora, and I didn't want to. I'm like, no, I'm happy. I'm happy knowing what I knew of what happened with Nora before up to that point. And so it was just like the what's next seemed like that was just like kind of the perfect. I do recommend Leftovers. Yeah. That was a good show, and it's a shame that. There's so many shows that I didn't know about, and then people say, oh, you should watch this. And then I, you know, Kendra hasn't seen it, and my friend told me, Gosh, I wish I was you. I wish I had never seen the Americans yet, and I was about to watch the Americans, and and you haven't seen it, and I just wish I could go back and watch that. And uh, yeah, it's great. I love the Americans too, so I would recommend that. Anyway, 
We are getting off topic again. Going hey, on. we're Moving good on. at that. Moving on to, well, we can go through these really quickly. Yeah, we'll go through. Um, Golden Globe nominations. Which, American Foreign Press. I've never really. Hollywood Foreign? That's what I meant. What did I say? American? American Foreign. <laughs> uh, Hollywood Foreign Press. I'm sorry. Wow. Sometimes the American press is a little bit foreign. So I'll give him that. <laughs> anyway, um, I have, th- these are kind of light awards for me. Yeah. I, uh, as I mentioned as w- earlier, There's things this is are- a very 2020 list. This is very, it's missing some big it films. It doesn't have a big, like, oh, yeah, you should have seen this performance or you should have seen this it is very much a you can if there's you can watch anything on this list. And everybody last year had the opportunity to pretty much watch everything on this list, with the exception of like one or two movies that just came out because yeah. they extended the like Nomadland. Yeah, Nomadland, but like within the next two weeks, true, everything I mean, you have full access to watch anything. So we're not like sitting waiting for, right. hey, this came out in the theater in December, but we're not going to get it until April. You know, what's cool is, I mean, only if you have all of these, if you have HBO Max, if you have Netflix, if you have Hulu, if you have, you know, all of these yeah. things, um, is that the people that live in, I'm just going to say, I don't know, throw out there, Central Kansas, who don't have access to these movies, that these movies never get out to theaters out there, can watch these movies now. For far less than a cost of a ticket. Yeah. To go see it in a theater if it did come. And you can then, you know. Cancel it. Cancel it. But, uh, yeah, a lot of these I haven't seen, I will say. Yeah, we just kind of did a little... Okay, you highlight what you've seen. I'll highlight what I've seen, and then we'll both highlight what we've seen together. But I didn't. And there's little crossover, <laughs> and, and there are several sections of neither of us seeing anything. I know. Well, um, some of them I didn't get to at all. So a couple of the, the big, uh, like motion picture drama, uh, The Father, Mank, Nomadland, Promising Young Women, and Trial of the Chicago Seven. Um, my guess is it's going to go probably to the Mank or Promising Young Woman. I do. Um, I'm leaning more towards Mank. Mank? Mank, the David Fincher film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Black No, I know. Yeah. We talked about it. Um, I don't know. Nomadland is getting a lot of press. And I know that it probably won't go to Promising Young Woman, but I really, I really, uh, I wouldn't say enjoyed, but I think it's a, I think it's an important film. And then we have Best Performance by an Actress. So we have uh, Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, is it Andra? Andra? I think it's Andra. Andra yeah, Day. I the, might have mispronounced it earlier. Okay. The, Amer- the United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman, and Frances McDormand. I love her. Nomadland and Carrie Mulligan, who does a wonderful job in Promising Young Woman. I really want to see Nomadland, though. So that's not out yet. Uh, you want to take this? You want to take the actor? Uh, yeah, best performance by an actor. Uh, drama. Uh, Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal. Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Anthony Hopkins, The Father. Gary Oldman, Mank. 
and Tahar Rahim, the Mauritanian. Mauritanian. Um, I'm going to go out and just, it, this is Chadwick's, I mean, he yeah. gave a great performance in that film. Mm-hmm. Is it his best performance of his career? No, but I, I think this is, you know, it, it, in comparison to what else is out there this year, I, I don't think there's any question. No, it seems, it seems to be the uh, consensus of the things I've read too. And then even if you look at it like this, the guy was months away from and what he was struggling with to pull off that performance that he was able to pull off is phenomenal. So best director motion picture, Emerald Fennell, Promising Young Woman, uh, David Fincher, Mank, Regina King, One Night in Miami, Aaron Sorkin, Trial of Chicago, and Chloe Zhao. No man, no man land, no mad land. I didn't realize that Aaron Sorkin actually directed it. Interesting. Um, and screenplay, we have Emerald Fennell. Fennell, I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Which is promising young woman. Jack Venture is Mank. I think we know those shows that you need to be watching. Aaron Sorkin, The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Florin. Zeller and Christopher Hampton, the father, and Chloe Zhao, Nomadland. We're getting, you know, over and over and over again. So I think we kind of understand what yeah. we should be watching here. Okay, and now we have the SAGs. Okay, so the Screen, Screen Actors Guild. This is these are the people I was kind of surprised a little bit about because the SAGs are basically. Um, everybody who's in the Screen Actors Guild, I believe you have to have um, a card and you get in by having uh, said, you have to have had said a... Um, you have to say the magic password at the door. No, I, no you, don't, you have fish. To, don't you have to say like a, a sentence? You have to have had words spoken on a movie or a show? Or, yeah, yep, screen... Right. Well, I'm just saying, but you have to, you can't just... Yeah, on screen. Yeah, you have to have spoken something. You have to say something. Anyway, these are these are actors voting on actors. So I thought that was interesting. Um, so the outstanding performance by a cast in a motion picture is um, The Five Bloods, uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mm. Minari. Mm-hmm. Okay. One Night in Miami and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. You can take it away. Outstanding performance by a female actor in a leading role. Amy Adams for Hillbilly Elegy. Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman. Frances McDormand for Nomad Land. Or Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. You say viola, I say viola. It probably is. I'm I was just thinking saying. of the instrument every time I see that name. <laughs> okay. I can see that. Um, outstanding performance by a male actor in a leading role. So we've got some interesting different things here. So Riz Ahmed for the Sound of Metal, or, or sorry, Sound of Metal. I don't know what that's about. Do you? Nope. Okay. Uh, Chadwick Boseman. And Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins, The Father, Gary Oldman, 
Mank and Stephen Yen Menari. I think we know who you want there. Chadwick. Um, outstanding performer by a female in a supporting role. Maria Baklava and Borat. Glenn Close. Hillbilly Elegy. Olivia Coleman, the father. Oh, Yoon Yajung. Minari. And Helena Zengel. Helena, maybe. Zengel in News of the World. Yeah. I'm always going to pull for Olivia Coleman. In that group. The only one I've seen of of all of that stuff right now has been Borat film, but I love Olivia Coleman. So I watched Hillbilly Elegy and listened to the book. Okay. You can take on the performance by a male. Yep. We got uh, Chadwick Boseman for the five bloods. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen for The Trial of Chicago 7, Daniel Kaluuya, Judas and the Black Messiah, Jared Leto for Little Things, and Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami. I'm not going to lie that Jared Leto wasn't creepy, but I don't know. Yeah, uh, there just wasn't enough to that role for me to say, No. why did he, yeah. Yeah, compared to (laughs) what he won his Oscar for, I thought, uh, okay. Go ahead. Uh, outstanding performance by an ensemble in a drama series. We got Better Call Saul, Bridgerton, The Crown, Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country, and Ozark. I hope this goes to Ozark. God, Bridgerton is on here. I just don't understand. I know half of you are like, but what? I just don't understand that, but whatever. Um, oh, outstanding performance by an ensemble in a comedy series. Dead to me. I saw that one. That was funny. Uh, the Flight Attendant, The Great, Schitt's Creek, and Ted Lasso. Yep. This will be a toss-up between Ted Lasso and Schitt's Creek. I mean, Schitt's Creek, yeah. it's a good, good cast. I can't give him, I can't disappoint him for that. But Go ahead. I can't disappoint him for that. <clears throat> Where am I, my name in the username? You're doing outstanding performance by a female <clears throat> actor in a drama series. Uh, we're back to, we got Jillian Anderson for The Crown, Olivia Coleman for The Crown, Emma Corrin for The Crown, Julia Garner for Ozark, or Laura Linney for Ozark. And this is where I just keep cracking up because I'm like, yep, this is just, we just don't have enough shows this year. There just were not enough stuff out there. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're pulling three people from one show, you, you're either A, ignoring a lot of the other good stuff out there, or there's just not enough other stuff out there. And it, to me, it's there's just not enough other stuff out there this year. Or they're year. not watching it. Yeah. or It's true. I mean, it's just... Like, I, I don't take anything away from The Crown. I, I think The Crown is great. I think the cast is great. It just... It's just... These are my thoughts on 2020. I don't know. Should we go to <laughs> our recommendations and what we've been watching? Ron, why don't you take it away? <laughs> Welcome to our new host. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so our recommendations, what we've been watching. Um, so a quick hodgepodge of what I've been watching. Um, I, we did, uh, I went and we actually watched Bridgerton. I, I just said, Elise, my wife, I said, let's watch it. Um, I just want to see what the heck everybody's talking about right now. Just get it off the table. Um, in plain words, the writing is ex- extremely simple for me. Agreed. Um, there is no surprises in this. You could, 
Agreed. Telegraph. I knew exactly who the person was. It's been over and over again. And um, it's so to me, it's very overrated. Mm-hmm. And especially like the main thing that came out of this that everybody was talking about. And I was like, oh, it's such a shock was that the sex stuff was a shock. Why was this shocking? That's exactly what I want to know. I've I've watched some Netflix films that are way, yeah, way further than anything in this goes. So I don't know. I I just I is this did this just catch fire with the same group that Twilight and I know. Um, Fifty Shades kind of took? It does seem like the Twilight people, but it, it seems like okay. I mean, was it like a group of Christian people that just like? <gasps> And then that just kind of turned into a big firestorm of like, oh, this is this is too racy. And but to me, I'm just like the writing Did simple. Did people is, watch uh, Grand Game of Thrones? I, probably not. I mean, holy crap, that was like probably I know, porn. I, but like everywhere I was and turning, then, it was like an article like, oh, this is racy. Oh, this is oh this scene. Oh, this new sex scene for the. I'm like, what the heck are is like going on? No like, sex, sex, sex. I couldn't sex, get sex, it, sex. It was boring. I couldn't get rid past the writing. It was just like this. Oh my, the writing is dumb. terrible. And I, I, I didn't realize, okay, so I was like, Shonda, what the hell? No, it's just Shonda Land. It's somebody else doing the stuff. It's just, she put it under her. It's like an, like the Oprah, Oprah channel. She put stuff that she, you know, she doesn't put enough good stuff on there, but you know, Shonda Land. Okay. So she just put whatever on here and it's predictable. It's an old it's worn out story. It, yeah, the, I felt like the script sucked. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Maybe you and I are the other ones. Did your, did your wife like it? She seemed to enjoy it. I don't know why. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I, I, I didn't really dig into it, but I mean. We should have asked her. But it's, that's her mold of stuff that she likes. Well, I liked Grey's Anatomy's first five seasons. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I just it wasn't when when things were predictable right out of the gate and just like whatever. Um, so yeah, that uh, we started up Queen's Gambit, liking it so far. Yeah. Um, what we do in the shadows, um, I'm going to talk about in a second. I put that in the wrong spot. Um, over on Netflix, uh, just a off the wall history history of the swear words with Nicolas Cage. This is right up my alley. I'm, I'm a swearer. You know, I, I don't hold anything back. And it was interesting just to get a little bit of a, a little bit deep dive into like where some of these things come from. And Are you one of the people that have been told um, you use swear words, then you just don't know um, enough of the English language? And you know what I say to them? Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Because you know what? It is English language. It's always been English language. And if you... If you watch the series, you see how much it's been of the English language for a long time. Um, most of the swear words that are taboo are just taboo because people are prissy. <laughs> I mean, how do you feel about your children? Like, how do you feel about your children using swear words? I've taught my children there is there is a respect that comes with using language. And if you need to understand its meaning and its power behind what it is. Agreed. And if you can't understand that, you can't use it. I That's kind of, yeah, that's kind of what I've said. And I also, you know what? 
I've never heard my children utter a swear word with how much they are around me with swear words. I, you know, I don't, I don't hold back. My daughter has, but they haven't used it. She said but shit. I grew up in a household that was, if you use a swear word, you're getting soap in your mouth. It was so foreboding to say anything close. And so you develop this other set of language of friggin hell. I don't like, even like words that. that substitute that you could just get by. But like, even my mother was strict enough that I like, I had soap in my mouth so many times, but then I turn around and my father is just throwing down swear words like crazy. And so I grew up in a household where it was so restrictive to even talk like that, that I said, Nope, my children are going to be around it, but they're also going to learn at the same time that if you don't know what it means and the power that, and the respect that comes from behind it, you cannot say it or don't say it. But I haven't like restricted them to the point where like, don't say it. They just don't say it. We don't call them bad words because there are no bad words. Um, they're words and agreed. You have to know, you have to understanding what they are meaning. I, Zoe has said shit. I think our parents said it, but she like, like zip your mouth right after we're like, oop. But, um, do they watch movies that have swear words in them? Yes. And so I say, okay, we're watching them here. But that does not mean you go to school and you say them. They would never say them at school. Like my daughters, are you kidding? They are, no, they would never say them at school. But I, um, when my, my sorry, sorry, mom. But when my mother went to law school, my mother never cussed ever. She went to law school, bam. I don't know what happened. Like she was around a whole bunch of young people and it was just like, ban, you know, and I kind of started swearing then. Like we all just started, you know, yeah. kind of doing that. But um, I didn't swear around my dad, but he he swore. I mean, I don't know. And then uh, as I grew older, I do. Jason doesn't swear really that much until he gets really upset, but he doesn't normally do it. I'm the potty mouth of the family. I, for many years, I held held back in, in front of people and I would use those like the substitutes. And that was, that became, that was because I was around a Christian community for so long and that they all use those substitutes instead of using the swear words. And when I got to a point when I finally got frustrated, I'm like, why are we being, it, it's hypocritical. If you're going to use a substitute for a word, just use the word because it still has the same meaning. You're just, putting a different word in its place. Its meaning is still there. And when I dropped that facade and just started, if I wanted to say fuck or I wanted to say shit, I just said fuck or I said shit or God damn it, whatever it was that came out, came out. Then I was like, okay, I'm fine. Like, I don't, I don't have that. Oh, I, I, I can't say that, but I can say this. It was just, like finally I broke free of that. I'm like, you know what? I just don't care anymore. I'm just, I am who I am. And one of the things that this show kind of brings out is how much of this vocabulary changes over the years, how much a meaning of something now did not mean what it meant a hundred years ago and how most of these words that are still borderline now in three decades, four decades are common everyday words that will be said like crap. 
or heck. Yeah. You know, there, there's stuff that we're just like, we won't even, we won't even bat an eye at. And it just to the interesting way of how they kind of show you the timeline of, you know, how it became speech, what it did originally mean, what it came now, how we used it, it, what we do now. Do they deal with things like uh, using the Lord's name in vain? That whole thing? Because yeah, I... Yeah, well, they use... Um, it's, it I, comes up in, in damn. I, I say, I told the girls not to say God. And I told them not to say um, Jesus Christ. Uh because out of respect to their grandparents, I just didn't want to, I just didn't want them to say that, you know, like God is something that lots of kids say. They don't normally say the other one, but they say God, you know, God. I'm like, oh, can we say gosh or something just out of respect for their grandparents that really would take issue with it. And, you know, I respect that. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, they shouldn't be, I, I feel like later on in life, go ahead. And then sometimes <laughs> I'm terrible because sometimes I be, say it and I'll be like, did I, you see him? Cause he was right there. That's terrible. I think it would be an interesting late night show for you and Jason to watch. Okay. Cause I think it would lead to some interesting conversations and it's got Nicholas Cage and Nicholas Cage just delivering swear words at like at a fast pace at sometimes is just hilariously funny. And some of the people that they've got, that they bring in and talk about some of the stuff, but okay. Talked longer than that. I was supposed to <laughs> swear words, <laughs> swear words, history of swear words, right on Netflix. Uh, what, what a hodgepodge of what you've been watching. Mm. So you're making we, hodgepodge. Okay. Dead, so, deep. um, I saw little things. You said one word summary. Okay. Unsatisfying. I watched it and I thought, okay, Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I couldn't. I couldn't get over Denzel Washington's teeth. <laughs> um, they're not his anymore. They've obviously changed. He has. He just looks different, and it bothered me. And I know that sounds. That sounds. No. I, there's something about it that bo- I. I have, I don't know. It's okay. I couldn't get past the um, fat suit that they I, made him and Jared Leto both I, wear. I, I, it I, was unnatural. It was. He went, there was this one scene where he bust into one of the door and it moved <laughs> like five seconds after he moved. Like it was obvious it was mm-hmm. not a part of him. It just, I was like, that just looked weird and Jared doesn't know how to walk like somebody who has that uh, you know has a gut like uh, I mean it was just strange well the top half of Jared Little's face is I know extremely thin I know I'm like I get they were trying to make him look like he had a beer belly why because he was a, a drunk or something I guess but. Wolf Walkers um I watched Zoe was bored Harper loved it loved it loved it um, it's gorgeous. It's, it's, it's a Celtic, um, what's that M word for it? Mesmerizing. That's a good word. Um, it was mesmerizing and it's, it's really beautiful to watch. It was, it's like a, it's like a Celtic, um, uh, story. I thought it was good. Um, 
It's on Apple TV. Promising Young Woman I've talked about, um, but I haven't really talked about it. It's a hard one to watch. It's about a girl getting revenge for her best friend who was basically passed out at a party or so drunk that she had no idea what was going on and there was a group of boys that um, raped her and she takes revenge on them, basically. Um, it was hard to watch. Supernova, balled my brains out, wonderful. I, I love the movie. It's, uh, it has Colin Firth and it's, oh my gosh. I have no clue what anything Stanley in that Tucci. movie is. Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci. Oh my gosh, it's a beautiful. I don't know. Did that they, must be why he kept popping up in things I this week. I really loved the script. It's so real. The relationship is so real. They're dealing with dementia. They're dealing with coming to terms with it. They're dealing with their relationship. It's I I had a really hard time. Um, and then one night in Miami, I watched this morning. And it was, it's a fictionalized historical event. Sam Cooke. Yeah. Okay. So it is with Malcolm X and we had Sam Cooke and we had Jim Brown and uh, Muhammad Ali, who was basically known as Cassius Clay through most of it. So um, they met in a hotel room and what happened, but they have some lit ups. This is actually a, uh, it was a play first and then they turned into a film. Um, and Regina King directed it. I do feel like you should watch it. It's very interesting. And some of their, their, um, viewpoints on things were fantastic. I think it's something people should watch even Though it wasn't like historical, I feel like they did such a great job of writing what their uh, characters would be. The conversations would be reminded me of the two of us, which is actually a, a movie about Paul McCartney and John Lennon. Had they come back together and had one more um, conversation before John died? Hmm. Yes, <clears throat> and Wandavision, which you can talk later. Yeah, so. Um so like a longer term investment, um, thinking of basically shows that are, are rolling out like week to week. So we'll start on a show and, uh, uh, we might not be able to review the whole show as a whole until it finishes. So it might be like two months worth of investment before we can do that. And I think WandaVision kind of fits that bill right now as, uh, they just released episode five Been loving the show. I think it keeps getting better and better with each episode. And they have so many, Easter so eggs. many Easter eggs, so many things going on in that. The the commercials are, it's very, very, it's smart. Yeah. And the, the reveal at the end of the show, just, I was more excited about that because it opens the whole I know. universe to mutants and yes. X-Men and the multiverse and everything that belongs and brings with it, you know, from fantastic four to the X-Men to Deadpool, like how does all of this start filling in? And when you bring Evan Peters as Quicksilver back in, it just, 
Okay. I mean, they, they addressed is. it head on. They're like, we're opening the door. The door is open. This is the universe she's in. And one of the key things about one of the things that was said of, of Wanda not being able to bring uh, things back from the dead. And when he showed up, the first thought was like, oh my goodness, did they bring Aaron Taylor uh, back as Quicksilver? And then they show Evan Peters. It's like, nope. She didn't bring him back from the dead. She brought a different Evan or a different Quicksilver to her universe. So yeah, I'm just, I'm, this is going to be so much fun going forward. It um, is. And just to, uh, as somebody who grew up with all this and just to see it like starting to play out on screen in a different way. And, you know, three years of waiting for, the X-Men and any of that to finally be touched by Marvel. And here they just embraced Quicksilver. And that was just like, yes. And do yourself a favor. Do yourself a favor. If you're invested in this show and go online and have, you know, the breakdown of the episodes and the Easter eggs and, uh, how they have been going about writing the commercials and what the commercials mean. And, do yourself a favor and do and read it. It's fascinating because you miss a lot and you're like, oh, oh, you know, or or you don't. But I think that um, kind of doing that research is kind of fun for this show just because there's so much packed in. There's no way, that, well, that I would be able to catch all of that. And, and if you've only stuck in the Marvel universe as the MCU universe. And you only know Quicksilver as Aaron Taylor Johnson from Avengers, uh, age of Ultron. And you have no clue how I'm talking about Evan Peters. Mm -hmm. Um, Evan Peters was when they did the Mm X-Men, the, the last, uh, the first class X-Men went back in time to the eighties. Evan Peters is the Quicksilver from that X-Men series. And it's even more interesting that, not only are they in the 80s slash 90s with where she was in the sitcom series, that was the same time period that Quicksilver was in. Was in, that Mark and Mindy? And then Family, uh, family Ties? ties. It was family, family Ties, but there was a little bit Mark and Mindy in there. It's kind of like a mix of... Because mm, her hair was crazy. Maybe. And then a little bit of Full House yeah. mix in there. Ugh. But which I, is hilarious because her sisters were I the Full know, House and yeah. here she is playing a sitcom. But I feel like the 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 lead in, oh my gosh, the way they did the family ties thing, mm-hmm. great, good stuff. So it's 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 definitely worth oh, it's definitely worth a watch. But if you haven't seen all this stuff, it's going to be hard for you to pick up. And some of the the cinematography, like when um, she came out of the to confront the army. Uh-huh. That was some great cinematography, backlighting, uh-huh. you know, bright green. Her power, oh, it was like, okay, this this is where the yeah. Disney connection is is shining through. Like, it looks like a good show. I mean, it, it's not like, here's your, one of your TV lot back series. They've done a good job with this show. Um, it, the sad thing is, is that, I mean, I'm glad that we watched all the movies before we started this and that my daughter has seen every outtake of every movie and knows every single weird thing that happened. Um, so she's catching on to everything. But if you haven't, 
Would you recommend it? Because would I recommend WandaVision? If you haven't seen anything, you're going to miss a lot. I, mean, you're, I don't think you're going to understand a yeah. damn thing. It, it's it's a show that's meant for people that are invested in the series. I agree. If you haven't um, watched the stuff, I just don't recommend it because you'll be so confused and you might find it horribly annoying and be like, what yeah. the hell? Yeah. It, it's not a standalone. Nope. It is an external story that ties into big Everything. time. So that's going to kind of be on my longer term investment of like every time we, we meet, kind of give an update on that. And it'll probably switch over to the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, just as we're going through and just updating the feelings on the show and the show is how we're going forward. Um, I took this as a different thing too. Long-term investment. I was saying that I, it took a long time. It took me a long time to watch. I mean, I've never talked about Outlander and I probably won't this time either, but I watched season one through five. It took me a while, but I, um, yeah. So Outlander is something that you can actually, uh, get into now actually stars has a deal right now where you can get in there and um for a cheap price and watch all of them and i'll have to talk about it later it's too much to talk about but i would recommend it yeah recommend it but i'm gonna tell you there's some really really hard scenes in that show okay moving on Ah, uh, so rainy day pick. Um, so of the stuff that I've been watching, um, if I was to, you know, be really bored and need something to throw in the background, I really, I got into what we do in the shadows. Um, thought it was a funny show. It's based, there was a film a couple years ago with Taika and Jermaine Clement, um, called what we do in the shadows, basically a fake documentary following vampires Kendra around. Loves it. And, <laughs> They produced the show and, um, it's funny. It's, I didn't know enough, it was a show now. Um, yeah, it's over on FX. You can catch up on everything, uh, through the current, up to the current season. Cause the current season isn't out yet. Um, over on Hulu. Oh, okay. Um, but it's great. Love it. It's good fun. Are you going to talk about the other one? That was my only rainy day pick. No, it wasn't. Yes, it is. It is. Yes. Oh, yes, it is. Okay, so my rainy day pick, which I literally watched on a rainy day, and I was just kind of, it's when, it's something that kind of rolls over you because you don't have to think that hard and you just kind of just watch it and kind of, you know, sort of enjoy it, was Virgin River on Netflix. Now, Virgin River is just one of those, it's kind of like, I've never seen a Hallmark movie, but I imagine that if I did, it would be like this. It's, it, I think, but better. I don't know. I, I mean, not anything against Hallmark movies. I'm just saying, I feel like that's the kind of feel it has. And it was just so easy to watch. So that was my rainy day pick. It's just virgin. Things, things you don't have to put a lot of investment into. No, you just sit and watch it and, it's, you know, comfortable. It's just like, okay, I'm just watching it. So Virgin River on Netflix. My avoid at all cost pick comes from your hodgepodge mix. Um, my avoid at all cost pick was little things. Um, I don't think it's worth your time. You know, I, I think it's it's one of those shows that's maybe sixty to seventy five percent okay, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the movie just doesn't pay off. Um, and the fact that this went through, I think, twenty eight thirty years of development. 
I, this was this was written in the nineties. It was developed towards the nineties, and they even filmed it like it was a nineties movie. And I just I I don't know. And, and it's a waste of a good cast, to I, be honest with you. I I didn't understand the point of it. Yeah, but I I, I feel it was like trying to be in the. Silence of the Lambs slash... Um, but it wasn't even close. No, I, I know it wasn't even close. That's why I said, I think when it was written, it was in those... When those movies were coming out, Silence of the Lambs, um, uh, the Brad Pitt one, had in the box. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Dan, you are such an ass. Darn, almost got it. <laughs> God! Uh, now you say his name. But it feels like it was written during that time when like the crime dramas yeah, were... But, uh, were but it wasn't good. No, no, it's not. That's what I'm saying. Avoid it. It's not worth your time. Yeah, I don't. I love Denzel. I love. I like Jared Leto, and I'm still on the fence about Rami. Um, but, I am not on the fence. But anyways, I, I um, like all three. But I just I don't think it's worth your time. So, it wasn't worth their time. I'm kind of confused as to what was going on there. But I just kind of I didn't actually didn't think it was cast well. Um. I love Rami, but I didn't think he was cast well. So whatever. I somebody said um, only Denzel Washington is somebody that could probably pull this movie off. I'm like, not really. Okay, so I am going to say avoid at all costs. Well, I've already said this. Just say it again. Say it with conviction. Bridgerton, please, just you know, it's actually I can't really say that because everybody in the world's watched it already. <laughs> so avoid at all costs. I guess. A lot of you probably haven't. What would you recommend them to see instead of Bridgerton? In the same vein, but better. The first four seasons of of uh, Grey's Anatomy, I guess. Are you talking about the same, like a period piece? Yeah, it's the same type of period piece. Oh, jeez. Sense um, and sensibility. Hmm. Mm. Pride and Prejudice. No, Downton Abbey. That's not, okay. I mean, it's not the same, but definitely watch Downton Abbey over this shit. There you go. Don't so if you haven't watched Downton, watch Downton over Bridgerton. My God, I'm sorry that there's not going to be a lot of sex in it because I'm just telling you that isn't a lot of sex in it. If there's any, if you need sex, Google is there for you. Oh my god! Nice, that's nice. Outlander. Okay, there you go. You want some sex? There you go. <laughs> Out, Outlander got some sex there for you. Anyway, all right. Um, on my must see pick, um, this is a series. Um, I don't know how I missed this series the first season. I saw commercials for it. Just it completely just went over my head. And um, Zoe's extraordinary playlist. I've heard great things. And Kendra um, and I want to watch it. I love it. And, you know, <laughs> it takes a lot it? for me to say I, I really, really love a show. And it's just, it's so Zoe's extraordinary playlist, basically in short, um, she has to go have an MRI. When she's an MRI, an accident happens. And when she comes out of the MRI, basically she starts hearing people's inner thoughts, but they're expressed in song. So it's like a cool. musical but cool. unlike a musical, not everybody singing the songs is the best vocal singer. Mm-hmm. So you have these moments where like 
some, I mean, Skylar Aston from um, Pitch Perfect is in this. So mm-hmm. his voice is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, every time he's going to sing, you're going to get Alex Newell from, um, I know he was, he was in Glee. I don't know if he was in anything else. Who is he? He's, what do you mean? Who is he? Who was he in Glee? Uh, I don't remember his name. He was in the later seasons. Oh, okay. Um, you'll, as soon as you see him, you'll recognize him. Okay. Um, I wasn't, but I became uninvested in Glee and the later seasons. So it was. So what this has that Glee doesn't have, Glee was very, um, everything seemed very fake, yeah, fake, but there wasn't a lot of heart to it. I mean, everything was produced in a sound. I mean, yeah. And, and this has its moments like that, but like the first thing, the first time she starts hearing, um, somebody's voices is, is help. And it turns into like everybody on the street singing help That's cool. and like surrounding her. And she doesn't know what the heck is going on because she's just hearing all this. But the background of the story is her father has a disease that he's basically dying of. And so there, you're in the last like couple months of his life. And so he's like a background story to what else is going on with Zoe's life. And uh, these two guys that she's trying to get their attention and it just has these moments where I'm just like, I got pulled in. I'm just like, I love this movie. I love the show. It just, it hits the right heartstrings, I guess would be what I'm thinking of. And there's not a lot of shows that get me emotional, but it was something about the connection with like Holy shit. the father and that whole story. Hmm. And Mary Steenberg plays the mother mm-hmm. and Peter Gallagher is the father. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter Gallagher can sing. Mary Steenberg, Steenberg, not so much, but her rawness that she brings to the role when she sings her songs is in such stark contrast to like the other singers who like their voice is just like solid gold. And when she sings, you're just like, but I get it. I, I, you get like this weird connection of like, okay, I, I get it. And you start, I start forgetting like, okay, they're not the greatest singer in the world, but the song and what's happening in Zoe's world. And I just, I love the show. And then we, it's got through five episodes of this season so far. Is it a show um, that's still continuing? Yes. Yep. Um, so you can, you can watch it on Peacock. It's a show on NBC. Um, but yeah, I, I wasn't, I didn't go into it expecting to like it as much as I did. And we just rolled through episode after episode and the girls sat there and watched it with us and they loved it. Um, I don't know. It just, and uh, some of the, some of the renditions of the songs are pretty straightforward. They're like, do you like, you know, I'm like right off the bat, like, okay, they're, you know, yeah. And then some of them, and it's happened more in season two that they are a little bit different variations of them. So like they start doing a song, but it's just slightly different than what you're used to hearing it as, whether it's in a different style, different T, different key, different tempo. And uh, yeah. I'm changing mine. I'm changing mine because I, even though I wrote down Promising Young Woman, which I do think you should see, but it, it it's not like feel good. I know that I've talked about this. It's over. It doesn't matter. But you were just talking about how you felt about, you know, watching it and how it made you happy, you know, and you know, whatever. 
and the music and this the style of it and this is actually for uh 18 plus people um i'm sorry i know it's over high fidelity is fun i i'm sorry i've said it like five times there aren't many episodes but i really enjoyed them i had such a great time watching them and they were just so fun and i guess i would say that is my musty pick and then if you have to have something that continues for a while then I guess I'm going to throw out The Americans. Fun, 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 but still, again, 18 plus. I'm sorry, I'm, I can't. There's not a family show. I'm not a family. I Family shows are hard for me. Uh, most family shows I find are written down. Yes, it's hard. For me to enjoy. It's really hard for me to enjoy them. So I don't know. That's probably not the correct wording, but. That sounds terrible. I wish there were. But there aren't. Um, so yeah, a couple. Um, so yeah, that's our picks for the week. For the weeks, a um, couple things coming up uh, in the land of games. Not much going on in the land of games except for the PS5 and the Xbox are still pretty impossible to grab. Hitman Three was released um, to great acclaim, and during around that time, we also learned that they are developing a James Bond game the same company that's doing the Hitman 3. So I'm looking forward to that, but it'll probably be like three or four years before we ever see that, just because that's the time frame of games. Um, Cyberpunk 27.7, basically if it just got completely removed from every app store because the game is so broken. So I'm hoping by the time I am able to secure a PS5, that Cyberpunk will be back so I can actually play it because it looks like a beautiful game. Except for all the hiccups that are showing up. So, so Hitman 1 and 2 is on PS4? Yes. Do you recommend? Um, if you're into hunting down and killing people, yes. Oh, okay. It takes a little, like, strategy. You have a couple different, like, ways. I mean, it, it, Hitman, it's in the name. Right, I understand. Yeah, it's not, it's not like Pac-Man. Right, I it, don't want It's Pac-Man. way different. Just check. But um, I'm more excited, like, even though, I, you know, I'll get to, around a playing Hitman three, but I'm more excited that the potential for them doing a, a really cool James Bond game. Cause I don't think we've had a James Bond James Bond game since golden eye back on the super NES or Nintendo 64. It's been a long game. time. So what you got? <clears throat> Nothing. I mean, I have the fact that I listened to untamed by Glennon Doyle. And I feel that that is Great for women to watch, listen to. And The Gifts of Imperfection by Renee Brown, um, which makes you feel better about all the mistakes you make as a parent. And I feel like that's important to listen to, too. But um, on my radar, cue, all that stuff, I would say... I, I actually probably will put down the Zoe's playlist as um, radar and, and cue and... You know, I just don't know how my life's going to go. Yeah. And and give it a couple episodes. I mean, it yeah. might not, the first episode might not be your cup of tea, but I, I invested, what was that, 15 episodes, 16, mm-hmm. over two seasons? Yeah. And I was quite surprised at how much I got attached to the show. I want to see Malcolm and Marie as well. You go. Yeah, so on my radar and the queue, uh, I've got Malcolm and Marie now that it's out. Um, the Dig with Ralph Fiennes and Carrie Milligan, I believe, is in that as well. Um, 
Outside the Wire. I know you said you hated it and didn't get through it. Um, so. I didn't say I hated it. I, I didn't. I just didn't watch it. I thought it looked terrible. Oh, okay. I misunderstood. I thought you said you did watch it. Nope. Um, so Outside the Wire, um, since it's there, and if I have time, I'll watch it. Uh, News of the World, it's on my radar just because mm-hmm. when it finally drops down from 1999 as a rental, um, <laughs> I'll probably end up watching it. It just, I haven't had a desire to step foot in a theater to go see it right now. And I haven't had a desire to lay out 20 bucks on that movie, even though I love Tom Hanks. Um, in my queue, I'm currently watching The Watch over on AMC. Um, quirky, weird show. Um, I'm going to put uh, this week, Good Lord Bird, um, the Ethan Hawke show. I keep keep saying I'm going to put that in, could put that in, and then I forget about it. And so now I put it down. So hopefully that'll be in there uh, as I've heard nothing but great okay, things I'm, about that I'm show. stealing that one as well. Um, Queen's Gambit, we're on. And so Queen's Gambit, we're on episode three or four. We should be able to finish that up this week. Um, enjoying it so far. I'll be interested to see if you like the um, last few episodes as much as you do the first. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> That's going to be stuck in the back of my head now. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, and the other one, uh, I slightly mentioned this earlier, The Great. Um, I saw that pop up in Hulu and it looks interesting. Um, and since we're in period stuff happening up all the time right now, I figured it would be an interesting one to add to the edition. And the fact that it's our, up for a couple nominations is kind of interesting to me. So uh, we shall see. But that is my radar in queue. And I think that is your radar in queue for the most part. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think that just about wraps up our show. Another long one. That's going to probably cut out a lot of show in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> we are. Hmm. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, as always, you can find us over on culturalstew.net. You can find us over on Facebook. You can Twitter us at culturalstew.net. And if if there's something that you want to, that you've seen that you think is great, put it up there. Yep. I mean, there's there's stuff hidden all over that might not be in our radar or in our wheelhouse that we just haven't. But, um, the, the thing I've seen for the last like two months is there's so much stuff coming out. I'm having trouble keeping up with it and we're not getting trailers for stuff until like a week before they come out. And there's and, a lot of genres that we're not even touching upon. So I realize that. So if you're a genre person and we're not hitting your genre, then bring it up to us. Bring it up to us and A, I either will apologize for not seeing it or B, just say it's not for me. I'll be honest. Because there are there are stuff that I just don't have interest in. I'm more open, so you can you can just throw it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that is about it for us. Take care, everybody. Take care. Until next time. We're never gonna give up. We're never gonna stop. If we can't live forever, we're gonna go to we drop. Please see our show notes for details on what the outgoing song is and who it is by. And also, as always, if you have a piece of music that you'd like us to play or consider playing, please contact us today.
easy Cause it's fun in the fight Yeah, we don't need a reason Cause we're keeping it light Yeah, we know they all see it All eyes at the top And we know we'll live forever We're gonna go to we drop Like what you've heard? Want to continue to hear more? Please consider Patreon. What is Patreon, you ask? Patreon is a content creator support site a way for people to support the things they love and allow creators to continue creating the content that they love. Please consider heading over to patreon.com slash gfmedia and becoming a Patreon supporter today.